Hello, welcome to Shame Ed Delicious with me, Darren Harriet. Um, I thought I'd do this a little bit, well, I thought I'd start this episode a little bit different. Um, we have the fabulous guest, Avital Ash, who is a um, very funny comedian from LA who has similar experiences uh, to me. Her mom committed suicide when she was a kid. My dad committed suicide when I was a kid. And we talk a lot about that. I just thought I would start by saying that this episode is very, there's a lot of, there's a lot of heavy suicide talk. Uh, it's still funny. It's still very interesting. It's still engaging. I just felt like I should let people know. Um, we really just sort of start the episode and we just kind of get straight into it. And she's such an interesting person. Her thoughts, her views, her upbringing as well is so different to um, my upbringing. And I learned quite a lot from just talking to her. So I really hope people enjoy it. She is at the Edinburgh Fringe. She's here from L.A., She's having an absolute amazing time. Her show, she's absolutely smashing it. Um, her show is called Avital Ash Workshops Her Suicide Note, which is a great title. Um, but yeah, I hope you all enjoy it. Um, yeah, I might do this more often, actually. Just me at the beginning for a minute or two. Um, I've got to, I feel like I should put on maybe my sexy voice. Just, hey, welcome to Shame Ed Delicious with me, Darren Harriet, Ishan Akbar. My usual co-host isn't in Canada, so you've got my sexy Midlands tones. Okay, way to bring it down, Darren, after talking about how amazing uh, and how deep this episode is. But yes, I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Shame is delicious. It's very interesting, I think, the, the role of therapists in yeah. everything, because my best friend, who's still orthodox was having doubts and whatever and she saw a therapist who was orthodox herself and the therapist took a bit of a attack of like uh, you're gonna have doubts and whatever but that's the you know i don't know i'm making this up but god's test or these are the challenges blah 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 i saw a therapist and i said it feels really wasteful to leave the lights on friday night through saturday i, I yeah. leave the house and the lights are just on and i don't believe that god cares if i I don't believe that God wants me to leave the lights on, but so the idea of just leaving them on feels wrong, but the idea of turning them off feels wrong. So it just, I felt basically shame no matter what I, I didn't do. I didn't turn them yeah. off, but I felt shame because I was like, this feels wrong, but to do something else feels wrong. And she said, turn the lights off. It's going to feel wrong for a while and yeah. then eventually it won't. But if I had seen an Orthodox therapist, oh. it would have been the opposite. It would have oh, been like, yeah. just stick with it. And, uh, and so I would just, then I started to do it and eventually it, it started to not feel bad. Is there anything from your time when you were sort of, a, I guess, practicing still that you have any guilt or shame about now that you're, because like say the, the, the electricity thing you're, you're, you're fine with, but is there anything from there that you still feel a little bit? I guess not really the, uh, which is good. Yeah. I'm, I guess that would have took a long time. Yeah. It's so taken... how, how, how old were you when you were like, getting out? Well, I was always sort of scared skeptical but I oh, think you the... can't be skeptical yeah you can't be skeptical especially when it comes to religion with you like when you've got religious you really parents you have to be in you, or out you can't do it there's um so my dad my dad being a rastafarian and my dad wasn't really around that often when i was a kid he was sort of in and out of prison selling drugs mental health issues all of that but he was a proud rastafarian his dreadlocks down to his back all of that sort of stuff and like even though my dad wasn't really around and he was doing whatever he was doing 
I'm just picturing you with dreadlocks. Oh, I would love to have dreadlocks. I've tried so many times. Really? Even though, oh my gosh, yeah, but it's just, it's years. I can't grow hair for years. I don't want to do that. It's at a all. real commitment. It yeah. really is. Even though I would, um, uh, yeah, my dad wasn't really around. He still wanted to sort of have those sort of Rastafarian values. And one of the couple of handful of stories I have about my dad is my mum was frying bacon at the house. And obviously, like Jewish people, Rastafarians, not fans of pork at all. And my dad walked in, grabbed the frying pan, and just threw the whole thing out the window. Like just, and he didn't live there. Imagine, <laughs> he just turned up after not being there for months. Saw my mum frying threw bacon. Threw her food away. Threw the food straight out the what window. What are the Rastafarian values? I don't know much. Rastafarian values, well, one of the, the sort of main ones for Rastafarians is um, there was like a, uh, an uprising and they all believe that Ethiopia is like the spiritual home. So it's a, uh, it's a bit different to a lot of other religions where Rastafarians are like, we, this is the place we want to be. This is where we need to all go to. And it's all supposed to be Ethiopian. Um, they're, they're, a true Rastafarian is supposed to be like what they call Ital, which is like Ital as in like uh, uh, vital. So you don't eat meat. Uh, you don't eat meat. You eat, they don't eat anything, any animal that is seen as being a bit of a scavenger. Mm. So it's like pigs, no shellfish, nothing mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, you're supposed to be like a proper, uh, proper vegetarian Ital person. Also, they don't say, they don't, a lot of, I mean, I don't know if this is still this still happens, but I don't say anything that even like sounds like devil or evil. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, even Itau. It's called Itau because I can't remember what it's called. But it, yeah, maybe it's, because vital is too close to devil. I think that is. I think that is it. Yeah, you're supposed to. It, it, it just makes me laugh. It's like when you meet like a blood in the crypt, and they're like, we don't yeah, say yeah, bees yeah. or seeds. Um, wow. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's like a movement. Rastafarianism is. It's still. It, it's very new. I mean, they believed in, you know, Haile Selassie, who was the emperor of Ethiopia, and Rastafarians always believed that he is God incarnate. So he was the Messiah of the Bible, and he was from Ethiopia, so that's why Ethiopia is the place where we're supposed to be. And that's a lot. That is a <laughs> lot to, like, take in. Yeah. Um, Religion, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, anything sort of... Uh, it is It is a lot, isn't yeah. it? It is. So... Um, and a and a great uh, cause of shame for so many people. Oh, I mean, so much. I mean, I remember. Well, not, not not necessarily for me, but like I remember being a teenage boy and getting into masturbating, and I could only imagine the level of shame I would have felt if I had like a strong, you know, uh, Catholic or any religion really, where you're not supposed to have any sort of sex. I talk about this in the show, but my younger brothers learned that if they jerked off, they would fry in their own semen in hell. Fry in their own semen in hell. Fun. Wow. Save yeah. the vegetable oil. He's cooking in his own <laughs> semen. semen. <laughs> oh my. That, I've never heard Just that before. Just gathering the cum. God is gathering it all to use against you. Oh, he's like, listen, we don't waste anything here in God's kitchen. Yes. We're actually going to cook you in your own cum. <laughs> Wow. Wild. I've never heard that. That is like... Why would you? That is terrifying. Yeah. And just... Oh, every uh, time. I mean, yeah. Did you did you ever think anything like that? Like it was just all bad, I guess? Yeah, I like, did think... Well, uh, the joke I tell also in the show is that... Um, 
it was always worse to be female because there are a lot of restrictions on women. There's a lot of things that men are allowed to do that women aren't because it's immodest. Yeah. So like you, ca- I'm, I'm allowed to hear you sing, but I can't sing. That's uh, not sneeze. It's immodest to sing in front of a man. A woman can sing in like a choir, but not her voice it. by herself. I know. But I was like, the one time it's good to be a girl is I can masturbate all I want. Oh. And then the joke is unless I'm a squirter and then I'm fucked. <laughs> um, so you... Why you want to say is that is that because so a, lot, a man might be like turned on? I was just about to yeah. say that is that you because got of, it. You you're got some it. sort of siren or something yeah. like that the man would just be yeah I, I think um well you know of course in uh, Islam as well women are all they sort Covered. of cover up as well because you know you you never know you might uh, she might be showing a little bit too much arms I guess and I I, I oh who's this. Who's this temptress? What is she doing? Yeah, a lot of, I mean, a lot of religion is basically, a lot of these sort of certain parts of religion, it's basically because men are just corny dogs yeah. who who want any excuse to not. And then that's the woman's fault. And so then, she has to And then what up. were you doing singing? Stop right. singing yes. around. It's such a sad, it's like a metaphor for the whole thing in a way. Oh, so you wouldn't have like, at like... I could sing in front of a woman, but not a mixed company. But what about at like a party or something? You couldn't have like a female singer? You could if, uh, again, in a chorus. I think as if there was a male voice as well. Oh, wow. I See, I one. did not know this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm obsessed mm. with people. But I, I, this is very, like, nitty. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't expect, you know. Yeah, this this sort of stuff is, is it's really interesting to me because it's just stuff that you don't really hear. Yeah. But it's just, it's just like, yeah, it's like a tiny. Have you heard the acronym for shame should have already mastered everything? Should have already mastered everything. That is Isn't great. Isn't that good? Yeah. Because when you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Maybe you didn't have shame around it, but I'm like, you shouldn't. Why would you know that? Yeah, well, But there okay. is this thing that comes up sometimes where you, where you feel sort of embarrassed that you didn't know something and you're like, yeah, that's the idea of shame. You should have already wow. mastered everything. How can you? We're, you know, students of life, but there is this feeling. And there's also, I forgot what it's called, some sort of bias where once you know something, um, it's very easy to be judgmental of people. Not for me with this, because yeah. I'm like, who would know about this? But, but like, uh, I remember, uh, I know somebody who's a descendant of uh, Oppenheimer, and you know the wow. bomb and whatever. And her last name is Oppenheimer, and she was like, you <laughs> know, people a lot would be like, at the minute. I'm sure she is now, but people would be like, any relation? And at the time, several years ago, I was like, to who? Like, I didn't know. I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that. And I still feel sort of embarrassed that I didn't know at the time. But but again, to her, of course she knows. And so there's this bias where like once you know something, you think everybody should know the thing. You forget that there was a time that you also didn't know I could meet Timothy Atomic Bomb. And I'd be (laughs) like, I don't don't know who that is. (laughs) Atomic who? (laughs) You've never, the Atomic Bomb, you've never heard. Oh, oh, the Atomic Oh, I know now because of the the film. So, um... I was talking about your your mom committed suicide when you yes. when you was a child. Uh, my dad committed suicide <laughs> when I was uh, a child as Back well. Back to our beginnings. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to where we were. Suicidal. Well, yeah. Parents who committed suicide. I I I got to ask you this: Did you ever, as you got older, obviously when you found out more about your mom's death, did you ever start looking into uh, suicide statistics? I have. God, I became obsessed. Up- What's the most significant or most interesting to you? The one that really, that I think about all the time. Um, and again, I, I guarantee if I Googled, if I Googled it now, it would be different. Right. The, this is probably different. Mm-hmm. At the time it was, and my friend's dad said this to me. He said, I used to flyer, hand out flyers, very much like people are doing here, 
for my friend's dad who owned dad and mum who owned a strip club. Uh-huh. Like as seedy as it sounds, it was like a husband and wife who owned a strip club, and they were so adorable. nice to me. And it was so good, and I just used to get flyers and tell guys to go in, but I was, you know, I never was in there. Cause I didn't really like it. And I remember I went in there, and I can't remember how it happened, but it was, it was paying me, and my, I must have told him that my dad killed himself or something. I don't know how it came up. It's not like I went, my dad killed himself. Can I have a tip? Like, it, just, it came up and he just went, oh. And he just said, you know when someone's just talking, but they, they, they don't realise the power of what they're saying. They're just talking. Yeah. He just goes, oh, uh, oh yeah, you're, uh, oh, your dad killed himself. Oh, you know what they say? When, when, when someone's dad kills himself, you've got like a three times, three times more likely of you killing yourself. Because you, they always say that when a parent kills himself, you're three times more likely to uh, end up killing You're like, yourself. Is this helpful? Why do you think this is a I good like, thing? Can you just to pay me my forty-five pounds? <laughs> and it, it stopped with me. And I was like nineteen at the time. I wasn't that long removed from when my dad died. And then I would, I would, I would Google all these statistics about parents, you know. And it was always, it was always stuff like, if your dad commits suicide, you've got a forty percent chance. And if your mom commits suicide, you've got a sixty percent chance. And it was, and I, I, every year I would sort of Google these things, and it would just keep changing. And then, and then I nearly committed suicide myself. When I was like twenty-five, and I'm glad you didn't. No, I, I mean it was it uh, on reflection. It was so. What happened with me was my dad killed himself when I was eleven uh, in March two thousand, and then September two thousand, I went into like uh, secondary school, big school, you know, and it was good because it kept me occupied. I had friends, I was going through puberty, you know, there's all the, um, what am I going to be in my life and all this sort of stuff. And it kept me very busy. And then what happened was after I finished school at 16, so we finished at 16 here, and I was about to join college. I hated college. And then all these feelings of my dad sort of came back. And I, I, I felt the same level of depression I had when I was 11 because I just didn't have anything going on. And then that was how I found a flyer for a comedy. And I'd always wanted to do it. And then comedy kept me very, very much occupied for years. I feel years. like it saved your life. Oh my gosh, comedy saved my life. Yeah, completely. I, I, I had to uh, move to London. Well, so I nearly committed suicide and I actually told my family, which I'd never normally do because me and my family, we don't really talk like that. And then they were obviously worried as they should be. And then, um, and then like three months after that, I was like, oh, by the way, guys, I'm moving to London. I'm Terrifying for them, I'm sure. I think my mum thought I was just saying that, but I was actually going to go kill myself. She was like, he's just saying that because he's trying to find the right place to go and sort oh. of end his life. And uh, I, I remember I sold my car, I sold everything. And then a year after moving to London, I got an agent and things were going really well and uh, it just sort of progressed from there. And, and then, and then I had a small mini breakdown, maybe about two, three years ago. I think it was like during lockdown. And I just started therapy. I just started talking to someone. And uh, it got better because I think for me, what had happened was I had spent all my, well, my teenage years up until about 30, wanting to achieve this, this, this goal of being a comedian. Like pay my bills off comedy. Yeah. TV and stuff was never really in the, in the, the you know, the, the dream scape of things. And then... I, I'd done it. Oh my God, I'm, I'm a full-time comedian. I'm paying my bills off comedy. I don't have a boss. I get to do whatever I want. What's going on here? Well, and did it make the depression better or worse? Made it worse. Yeah. Because it's true. You're like, I've, I have all the I've things. I've done it. I've done it. Why, and why? I still feel this way. Oh no. This yeah. was supposed to be better. This was going to fix it and it yeah, didn't. it didn't at all. 
and there is no thing, which is why, like we were talking about the other night, I hate when people say, you know, the thing about mental health is get help, but like how, you know, yeah. it's not like you see a therapist and then you're cured not to dissuade anyone from going to therapy, do what you can. But like, it takes, it takes a good couple of lessons into therapy because your first few are just you talking to your therapist about what's happened in your life and going again through all the trauma. And then after that, you can kind of start feeling like, okay, maybe I'm sort of healing or feeling better or whatnot. And I'm not just, I'm not just going through talking about all the horrible stuff um, that I've been doing, but with uh, my dad passing away, um, there's loads of stuff around my dad's death that I do not know. So same. my dad died, he, 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 he had mental health issues. So the last time I saw my dad, he shaved his hair off. He was completely bald. Wow. And yeah, as a kid. Was that really startling? For me, I, yeah. I thought it was just fun. You know, okay. your dad turns up with a different hairstyle. You're like, oh, what Whoa. Slapping his hair. And... You couldn't say pull, pull to Britney Spears yet because you didn't have that. <laughs> that hadn't happened yet. But everybody, my family, my mom, they all knew something was up. They knew then. They knew his behavior was changing and that, that they made it quite obvious and then my mum and them knew that my dad was in prison. We spoke on the phone for the last time. Um, and I didn't know, you know, what was going on. And then a few months later, he, he, he passed away. But I, a few things I don't know about my dad is I don't know any of his crimes. N none of them. I don't know why he was in, in prison for. Have How you Googled him and it doesn't say? or doesn't say anything. Look, I, it was just before the big internet boom. And I guess, right. they're, I guess they're not backlogging deaths. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, so it was like 2000, March 2000. I'm sure Y2K took a lot of the time off of uh, all of that. And But I was in the same boat too. I was trying to like and, uh, tried find it. anything. And I didn't, yeah. Because it was pre-internet. With my dad, because I've always wondered when he was around. When he was like not, because there was Christmases, there was birthdays where I wouldn't see him. But obviously, when you were a kid, you don't really know. Now, I go, well, was he in prison? Right. So I want to get my dad's sort of history of... And, I, you know, you hope it's small. Right. I hope there's only two incidences or one on the reason why he was in prison. Uh, but then again, if I looked at my dad's criminal history and there's like two things on it, and it's like two, let's say two six-month stays in prison... I'll be like, so where the fuck right, was... Right, right, it's lose-lose. Yeah. Well, you yeah, don't well, want him to have, have been in prison all that time for multiple things, but you're like, but then what's your excuse? Where were you? Yeah, you better be doing a whitey bulger stint. Like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but I, I, I don't know any of that. I, I, I also want to read the, um, uh, the, the police report of his death uh, because I want to know everything that happened. Yeah. I want to know who found him, what was said, because he, he hung himself with shoelaces. I've got all that to go through. Um, because on my, on my dad's order of service on the back, we've all written that little, you know, oh, we're going to miss you all that. My dad's couple of kids. One of my dad's kids, the oldest one who was 16 at the time, which is, which is old, you know, like you understand, you understand. Yeah. He actually wrote in there. We will find out who did this to you. Wow. Cause they, cause they, but they, I don't know whether they still believe it, but they believe that. Something. Okay, so here's where we get even more similar is what's oh, crazy. Oh, is there some mystery surrounding her death too? <sighs> where I wonder at times if it was a suicide because my aunt, her sister... So tell, tell people how your mom passed away. She jumped off of a building. Yeah. Or was she pushed by a bad baby? Um, <laughs> but my, my aunt said that they hired a private investigator 
and wow. um, you know, it happened in Israel. And and the hotel said there was no way she could have made it to the roof, but that might have been an insurance thing that they were trying of to course. protect themselves. So you don't know really what's real. But if it if it wasn't off the roof, that means it would have been from a balcony from someone's room. Whose room? Yeah. Uh, why? What was going on? Or was she pushed? The other thing that was weird is wow. her purse was with her body, which I wouldn't imagine if I'm going to jump that I would like take my purse. <laughs> Here we go. Um, you that know, like that yeah, feels. You- probably wouldn't do that and no note and there was a makeup compact in her bag and the mirror was not broken which could happen depending on the angle of the fall but if it's (sighs) enough to break a person you'd think it would break a mirror which is very fragile do you know how what the um height was well they don't because oh they they don't know if it was the roof or the oh that is wow so also so many mysterious do you think about that a lot I had it when I found that out, which I would have been like 19 or 20. Yeah. I I had the most like excruciating nightmares. I remember it was like Freddy Krueger where I was like scared to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Because every night did I had these. Did you feel like you're falling? Did you, did you put yourself in whatever position you thought you were? You'd no, be- I, I more wondered if I needed to like avenge her death. And I started having really gory nightmares about like uh like trailers full of like blood and fire wow. just very vivid terrifying nightmares yeah i mean yeah you, you when you explain it like that yeah you you know cause i'm sure you've done this you sort of tally up what you think is suspicious yeah and then in your head you're like you know i need to avenge her i need to fight why am i why am i here working this job doing this when i should be out there trying to figure right. out but i never luckily but I'm, then at the same time she was bipolar so yeah. you're like well that shows and my dad said she was off her meds my dad's also an unreliable narrator and postpartum depression is a very real thing and she yeah. just had me so like those things all go like suicide but then yeah you have the other column you're like that's suspicious was you there was you, was she looking after you at the time no just, she oh. left uh she yeah she i was still in miami and she was in israel oh this happened in israel yeah is the building still there yeah Jeez. see uh, here's the thing i I'm not sure which prison it was. Wow. Because I purposely haven't... I think it might be Nottingham or Derby. Uh, Derby in the Midlands, which is about eh, 40 miles or so from, from where we're from, where my dad was in prison. I purposely have not... Because I know that once I find that out, and I've never asked my mum, once I find that out, I feel like I'm just going to go spiralling and go... I, need to be, I think I need to be in a better place my, for myself. To truly figure out. Because once I find out where it is, I'm going to find out who was working. I, I, I might even find out the name of the staff member. And, and, then, and then see if I can get them. Because what I've, I've spoke to... It's so taxing on your mental health. Like you really want to be in a good place before you go down that this, road. This is going to sound a bit scummy in a way. But I've spoken to people in TV to make a documentary. Because I would love to know more about my dad. I would also like to do a documentary about the level of... Uh, because my dad was smoking like hardcore like Jamaicans ganja like gunk, uh, skunk but I, uh, the only reason I would want to do it for a, uh, like a TV show is because I feel like it could help definitely help people um, and also they have a great team of researchers who can research everything that I want yeah. that would take a lot of the pressure off me because yeah. me, me trying to research my dad's death is you know. And it keeps it from being a thing that you do in isolation, which yes. is great. You have like, then there's a network, yeah. literally, probably figuratively, but like a network of people. And then you're... Have you ever been to your mom's, where, where the, the, whole, the place where you think it, where it happened? Yeah, I, I, I was walking uh, 
on the beach in Tel Aviv and just had the thought because it was like where all the hotels are oh and just God. had the thought, oh, it'd be one of these. And then I looked up and it was, I was like, yeah, that's the one. It was weird. I like had the thought just as I looked up and saw it. Also, <laughs> I've been to her grave now in Israel. Oh, okay. Um, oh, the grave. God. Isn't that just, and yours is different to, my, hang on, how old were you when you saw, when you went to your mom's grave? The I first went time? at 26. Okay, wow. It's very so, okay. late. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, you was, you was an adult. I, yeah, it's, I mean, and a, a lot of people can, will be able to relate with this when we're talking about loss, but like, that moment, I, I never forget it with my mom. We, we, when dad died, you know, went to the, the morgue and saw his body and all this, and there's a burial, da, da, da. And then like eight months later, you just, you go back and you, 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 you look at the mound, you know, of just, and then it's flattening, flattening, flattening. And then eight months later, you come back and there's a headstone there and you go, oh my God, this is it. This is the end. Yeah. That's it. Everything, that everything. My dad taking me here, buying me this, this, that, the other. My dad, hey, my dad, my dad died. Burial. That's where we're at. I've, I heard someone say, or maybe it's a famous quote, I can't remember, but that ultimately your life is just that little dash. You know, it's like the year to the other year. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a great way. And of, that's, the in-between is the life. That's a great way of dealing with it. So, um, can, I, can I ask you as well, um, this has been really fun. Can, can you, <laughs> some of it's been really fun and some of it's been so it's heavy. Been, but I'm, I, I think it's always better, you know, out than in. Tears, conversations. Get it all out. I don't yeah. meet people with this, uh, you know, especially this kind of a backstory. Yeah, same. Um, like yourself. It, it's it, kind of crazy that we have so much overlap. And again, it was so perfect the way we met, being like, I have this, I have this, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Joyful high five. Yeah, yeah. yeah my mom killed us. Oh, my dad killed us. Oh, yes. High five, high five. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was so bad and so different. <laughs> So for me, I've always had a problem with you. Never, I never really felt like I was enough. I've always struggled with that. Um, it's always, I've always, even in like uh, relationships, work, even in comedy, all of that sort of stuff. I'm always like, no, I don't think I'm enough. I don't. Yeah. I, I never really felt like I was enough, and I was trying to sort of pinpoint it. And I knew it had something to do with my dad. And I think for me, um, with with my dad, I go well, like my dad had four kids. He had four boys. They were all at great boy ages, like 10, 11, 12, and 16. Are you counting the brother that wasn't actually his or not? Uh, well, counting him, he had five. Okay, okay. Five, and one that was 13. All great, like, ages of any boy or girl. Just fun. Yeah. And I think to myself, but he still killed himself. So, well, I, I was going to say something, but it is different. I'm like, but he's still killed himself. And he had, he, I mean, obviously he had, and there is always going to be the, um, the whole, you know, what men are like when it comes to therapy and getting help. Not good. Better now, because we talk about it. Yeah. But, you know, my dad being like a drug dealer on the street, Rastafarian, cool guy, you know, macho bravado, he's not going to be seeking help. And and I think there really is only so much it can do. You know, even if you get on meds, so many of the meds, the side effects are like may cause suicidal ideation. Like sometimes it makes it worse. I don't know. It just mental health is so hard to treat. Yeah. And there's so many um, things that are sort of broken up. Like oh, this is PTSD, and this is, uh, but like it's kind of arbitrary where they and yeah. I don't know. It just feels like it's, it's still pretty tough. It's and the idea of you know he had these amazing boys at these amazing ages. I think it is easier. You can love someone so much that you would die for them. 
but that doesn't mean you can live for them. You know, if every wow. day is so much pain. Yeah. Wow, I never thought of that, actually. And say that say that again. I think I think you could more easily die for someone than you can live for someone. Wow. That's 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 pretty profound. <laughs> Thank you. That's one of those you know when you hear somebody say something and you go, I think I might remember that for the rest of my <laughs> life. That's pretty where did you hear that? I don't I it don't sounds know like a song I, lyric, maybe. It seems like it would be, and yeah. I love song lyrics, but I don't, I don't know if I read it somewhere or just had the realization at some point because of my own struggles with mental health and and thinking about my biological mom and and the idea of like you can love someone so much you're willing to give up your life for them, but when you try, because I remember thinking, you know, at some points, oh, I can never kill myself because I can never do that to my family, and then mm. you start to think like. Well, first of all, the disease of depression makes you think everybody would be better off without you. Yes. And that's the real danger because you're like, I'm not sure I'll hurt them by ending my life, but not as much as if I'm around. And uh, I, heard, I heard that from um, you know, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. He gets a lot of a hard time, but he put a post up. I think he's going down the route of like inspirational quotes now, mm-hmm. which is good. He put a post up and he says, ah, I'm going to butcher it, but he says, never... Never underestimate the hole you going would leave. Mm. And he says, he says, people always underestimate like that. Uh, you, it was like suicide prevention or something like that that he put up, and it really stuck with me. Yeah. And I went, yeah. Like if, I, I immediately thought of my dad. I was yeah. like, my dad would never, you know, he would never have known the hole that he's left. Not just me. But everybody around. Right, right. And then one of my other, one of my, uh, other favorite sort of, I guess, quotes, I guess, when it comes around, when talking about suicide, is suicidal people don't want to kill themselves. They just want to kill the feeling. Yeah. And that's one of those things that I heard that really stuck with me. And I was like, oh, yeah. That in the show, I go through these different drafts of my suicide notes, and, and most of them are funny. Yeah, tell them the, the show title as well. Yeah, but mention it's it. Avital Ash Workshops, Her Suicide Note. Which is a great title. <laughs> Thank you. Avital Ash Workshops, Her Suicide Note. Thank you note. so it's much. very good. Um, one of the drafts is, uh, um, uh, it's a shame is a parasite. My body's just the host. I've killed the host, and now oh. I'm free. Because that is the thing. Sometimes you feel like, you're you're not even a person and like i did feel like i'm just shame like that's all i am walking around and thankfully i don't feel that way every day but you know in those moments sometimes you can't see the other side and the idea of the hole that you would leave it's uh so many people have come up to me after the show and said really incredible moving things and and have held space for me and i'm holding space for them and it's really been lovely and that's the best part of it but one person did come up to me after oh, a show no. and say um you know i have suicidal ideation and i always worry about my kids and leaving my kids behind but now i know you turned out fine and i'm like that is not <laughs> <laughs> that's not the takeaway and i'm not fine oh my god yeah i mean i always i always thought man my kids would be so sad if i died but you know what you're okay you're okay yeah. actually let's like, hope for them in the end hey <laughs> Oh, that, I was that, like, please don't. That is one of the worst, <laughs> like, meaningful compliments you could ever get. Is that you turned out great after your parent died, so I might just kill myself and see how my kids turn also, out. Also, I'm like, did you watch the show? You That's... think I turned out great? <laughs> yeah. What the bar is on the floor. What a weird thing to say. <laughs> I mean, I did appreciate it because I was like, I guess I get it as a depressive. You are looking for reasons why it would be okay. Yeah, you would. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. 
always looking for reasons why it would be okay. Like, so, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you. It's kind of like you were talking about, um, you know, you read about, oh, this person made it at 50 and you're like, that gives me hope. And then somehow then they made it when they were 60. You're like, I read, it's like that thing. You're looking for something to tell you that you're okay. And, and you, this was that okay, for yeah, them. I do. I, I, yeah, I, I've done that with, with suicide where I thought about, I go, uh, this is, <laughs> look at it real deep on suicide. It's great. <laughs> I've gone, this is how deep I've gone when I thought about my own suicide very recently. I've gone. Yeah, I mean, obviously people will be sad and it will be horrible on my parents and my family. I don't want anybody to go through this. No mum wants to lose their son by suicide. And I was like, yeah, but, like, I'd pay for the whole funeral myself. Like, I've got, <laughs> there's enough money in the bank that the funeral would be paid. And that's what you'd be worried about. I know, I know. That's what, that's literally what's gone through my head. Yeah. I've gone, oh, I've looked at my bank account and I've gone, there's enough money here for my mom to go on holiday, take care of herself, buy the app, and they could afford the funeral. Wouldn't have to worry about the funeral cost, yeah. which is obviously psychotic. But again, <laughs> it's one of those things you have when you feel really low. You just try and find what would be... Like, I've done that thing as well where I've looked at social media pictures and I've gone, oh, which one would they, <laughs> would they use? Would they use, yeah. I'm like, oh, if I change my pictures to these, maybe they would use that someday. It's, it's... Do you ever think about how romantic the idea of suicide is and why that's so dangerous? Because I do think, you know, like Kirk Cobain's no better to burn out than to fade away. And I'm like, yeah, I would rather burn out than fade away, you know? And this, um, there's this idea of like, ironically enough that by killing yourself early, you get to live forever. Versus yeah. if you just like, again, I'm not trying to convince anybody. That sounds terrible, but there, that's some of what I battle is there this idea. There are a lot of people who there is something to be said for, for I'm not necessarily killing yourself, but dying early. Because yeah. when you were a musician or an artist, because there's a lot of artists who we look up in very high regard and you go, yeah, but could you imagine if they lived another 30 years? Right. Like, would they still be this sort of idolized, looked upon person? Probably not. And yeah. I've had those thoughts as well. Yeah. I've literally had those thoughts where I'm like, if I released a comedy special and then I, I died, like, not long after it came out, probably get a lot of, rev probably get a lot of uh, yeah. views. People, yeah. people might be interested. You might get the whole, oh, man, I wish I knew him when he was alive. I'm sad, I'm sad this is how I found right, it. Right. I'm now going through all the shame is delicious. Is yes. <laughs> this, is crazy, this is crazy talk, but you're like, you're like the only person I can think of who, who, who would truly understand that from the point of view of you're just trying to find any good, any reason mm -hmm. that you think is a is a good reason, and none that of it's it is okay. Ever, yeah, and none of it is ever like, you know, um, I, I I don't ever think like oh, I mean I do think yeah, what would I never okay, I very rarely think that oh there's no there's nowhere on this earth for me like there's I don't there's nothing here for me. Because I know that. Like, I, I, I've always known that. I've always known there's stuff here for me. There's, there's you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there'll be a wife here. There, there could be kids here. There could be all that stuff for me. But when I go through those suicidal phases and urges, I never, I never think about that sort of stuff. It never even comes up. I'm more just like, get rid of the, get rid of the feeling, yeah. I guess. Or we talked a bit about this the other day, the fear that we're doomed to do the same thing. And so then it's like, sometimes even if I think about the kids and that kind of life, oh. it just makes it even scarier where I'm like, well, I should just do it now before there's like other people to be affected the by it. The kids thing, the kids thing is so, it's so tough, man. Like, it's so hard for me to get my head around with the kid. Cause I'm like, I want kids. 
would love to have kids. But I, again, like I said about my dad, he had kids and he still did it. Right. And I think to myself. Well, and it's also like what you're saying. I mean, it's stupid to compare, but it really is the same as like when you got to where you wanted in your career. That yeah. didn't make you a different person. Yeah. You got this thing and you're like, this will make me happy. And it doesn't because it's chemical or it's trauma or Avatar, whatever. I thought it would make me, I thought it would make me so happy. Yeah. I honestly thought, oh my gosh. Because the, the dream from when I was like 17 was to be a full-time comedian. Not only was I a full-time comedian, I did every single TV show I'd ever wanted to do. My, my mom had friends stopping her on the street going, we saw you, Darren, all that sort of, everything. Yeah. And it was just, man. That's yeah. why I got hobbies. That's why I literally <laughs> found things to do. Yeah. What have you found? Maybe I can okay, copy your so, hobbies. Okay, um, so I found things to do. That have nothing to do with comedy. I do dance classes. I've started dancing. I've I sta- really want to be able to do I have no rhythm. Perfect. Start dancing. I've started doing Latin dance classes. Are you I've good? Been, I'm okay. I've been doing it for about a year and a half uh, every week. It's very tough because you're in partners. Uh-huh. So it's like, so for example, the, the men often lead and the women will follow. But everybody, everybody plays their role. And you swap partners all the time. And what I, what I found is, and maybe this is because I'm a comedian, I'm not the most social person like I'm very much like like I was talking to you earlier like I, I just came straight home after my show because I was like kind of done I like I like that I'm, yeah. I'm into that I don't I feel like my battery has a, a, yeah, a limit yeah. so it's nice to go out and do um, dancing with people that I don't really know I don't really talk to and then we're making lots of eye contact and we're just sort of dancing and we're like we're in this moment of this rhythm and there's mirrors I can actually see myself I don't want to look at myself in a mirror believe it or not with the tash <laughs> like but because uh, again, I, I'm not, never really been a big fan of that. But it's been so nice to do to get better at sort of dancing, and also there's been no pressure. So as in, like you know, oh, uh, you learn how to write jokes because you want to be a comedian, but then you learn how to write scripts because you want to write. Script. Like right, this is just for its own sake. Yeah, it's for its own yeah. sake. I'm not. Tr- I don't want to. I've got no interest in doing like a strictly or dancing with the stars or anything like that. I don't, I don't, I'm not interested. In it. If they ask me, sure, I'll probably do it, but. Uh, Right now, purely for fun, right. takes me away from comedy. You realise, oh, it doesn't really matter. Comedy doesn't really matter. All I'm trying to do is learn how to do this inside turn and then do my own turn and a little elbow flick and yeah. you learn all this sort of shimmying. It's great. It's so fun because when we're comedians, we spend all of our uh, uh, evenings comedy related. It's nice now that I go, Thursdays, I'm dancing. Yeah. Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursdays, I'm dancing, guys. It's huge. I think that's like a huge key to happiness is like you don't, you, is a variety of things, you know? So fun. I've got, so I, I told myself I want to free things. Okay, dancing. Well, free things get away. Dancing is one. The other one is learning a language. So I've been learning a language for about as long as I've been dancing now. I've been doing Japanese. Wow. Because I, I've always liked Japanese culture, always been a big fan. Um, and I thought to myself, what language could I learn or try and learn that is so far away from sort of English? Yeah. Sp- Amazing. I thought, I thought about Spanish because obviously Latin dance, it would really help understand what they're saying in songs. Uh-huh. That would be a big help. And I just went with Japanese. And it's been, again, it's been so fun because... And it's so good for your brain too. So good for your I'm brain. I'm sure it helps prevent your- Alzheimer's. It's like you're using your brain in a different way. Well, I am one of those people who now I'm at that point where I would just say... 
like something like uh, Samoe desu. And people go, what's that? I go, oh, it's, uh, it's cold out here, isn't it? I'll just, I'll just say it in Japanese. Yeah. I'm one of those annoying people. Because you start to hear, so I, I stopped and I want to get back, but I similarly, I started learning French and it just felt really good. Yeah. And then I stopped, which is dumb. But, but yeah, you start to think in those words because you've been playing with them and listening to them. That's it. And also it's nice because I have classes. And we do it online, and she's literally available from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. so I can make it work or in the day. And I never really studied at school. Um, well, I, I mean, I studied, but, like, you know, you're just studying because you're forced to. Right. But this time, I'm forcing... I, I'm doing it because I to. want to do it. So I'm listening. I'm doing homework. I was, I was, you know, going over my jokes today, and I was like, oh, let me just revise a bit of Japanese just because, yeah, you know, I want to yeah. revise. And it's, it was so fun. And again... I have no dreams of even doing stand-up in Japanese. People, right. Are you trying to do stand-up in Japanese? I said, no. I just, it'd just be nice to, just, just to like, do speak it. a bit of Japanese. And what's the third one? And the third one, I haven't found yet. Okay, okay. So the third one, what I'm thinking of is, uh, the third one can be something that is, that has zero meaning on anything. And so what I'm thinking of, doing a handstand. Oh. Something like that. Learning how to do a handstand. Yeah. So I don't know how many months it will take. But I was thinking about it, and I'm like, maybe I will learn how to do a handstand. You know, you, you go up against the wall, I might have to get a trainer for uh-huh, it, uh-huh. and then see if I can see if by the end of the year I could do like a walking handstand. Wow. Just, some, just something that is really, really physical. That. Really, really, uh, I, I can wake up every day, do whatever the stretches are, and try and learn a handstand and yeah. see if I can at the ripe old age of uh, nearly 35. That is that is mine. What what, what 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 just to wrap up? What do you do? Let's end on something positive. Yeah, something positive. Well, I would like to come back to French. I think yeah. that would bring me joy. There was a brief period where I was doing some like watercolors. Ooh, and not to brag for somebody who never does that stuff. I'm I'm a pretty good artist. I can draw. I can paint. There are a few comedians now. In uh, 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 you can probably tell me this in America. Probably the same. Who are really into drawing now. And they, they start just drawing all on paint, watercolors, and then they do like little comedy stuff and whatnot. And a lot of them now actually sell their paintings. Oh, wow. But I could name about six comedians who, when they started comedy, had no interest in art. All of a sudden, just, just again, to break away, to have that right. difference. They now like love doing art and well, pottery as oh, well. Oh yeah, as I know one. people yeah. that are doing pottery. I'd be curious to try it. What I like with the painting is, even though I I do think I'm like pretty good, and if I really tried, I could be. But it's not about that. And, yeah. And I would like to do to start doing it just as like a practice. Um, another thing that's huge with mental health is journaling, and I don't do it. But studies show that you are that that uh, a key to happiness is to journal about positive and negative experiences. Wow. So you write down. You don't leave out the bad. Like when people are like, just focus on the positive. And it's like, no, that actually doesn't help. And also just dumping all the bad stuff doesn't help. You want to try to hit both. And I'm not doing it. These are just things that now maybe I'll be more accountable. I'd like to be painting. I would like to be in a dance class. It's hard to find a good one, especially post-COVID. Like I finally had found. They're they're all coming back now. Yeah, They're all coming back now. I'm sure uh, in LA there'll be loads of them. Just all you need to do is look at, like what? Like if I would say to you, what kind of dance do you think you would? What kind of dance interests you? 
I, I guess I always think swing looks so fun and cool. Swing is great. It's that dun, 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 yeah. spinning around that cup. Yeah. With like oh, the women in the air. The women the in, in the air. And every, yeah, swing but is But I do really wish fun. I could do like a hip hop. I have no rhythm. I would love to do hip hop. I realized, you know, when you said that a song lyric and I said like I love song lyrics, I have to figure out how to undo it. But I am like when people are dancing to music, I'm like dancing to the words. <laughs> So, so I'm way off rhythm to everyone but me. I have to, I would really like to be in my body more with like, and feel the music. Sometimes when I'm stoned, I can I'll tell you this it. now. It will help you on stage. Yeah. Because I, uh, I, I'm assuming you're not that physical. No. No. I'm very I can head. tell you're yeah. very, yeah. You're like me. I, uh, uh, it helps you move around a bit more on stage. Yeah. Because you've done easily more embarrassing movements in front of more people <laughs> yeah and you you see what you look like so even when i'm on stage now i'm a bit more uh i move a little bit more because i feel so much more confident in my body oh i love that and when i began i started at a beginner's class which obviously you do and trust me you're never the worst one in there. It's great. I don't know. You'd be surprised. No, you'd be, you would be great. I do never remember the there one. was a class I loved. It was called Yoga Booty Ballet. Yoga Booty Ballet. Yeah. It was much more like silly. I mean, you're just kind of like throwing yourself around. That's it fun. wasn't, it was really fun. And I, um, I would always be like at the front of the class. Everybody yeah. was like embarrassing at the back. And I remember I felt like a martyr. I'm like, I'm worse than everyone and I'm in the front. So that's like letting everybody so have permission. And then she moved. I just loved that teacher. And then it's still going on but i don't go anymore oh my god shame is delicious avatar this has been great what um thank you so much for having me i mean we've we've, we've talked so much so avatar Ash, she's at edinburgh fringe what time is your show 10 5 p.m 2205 now are you going to be doing um a london run i don't know i guess I i'm like curious yeah i i, I want to be your agent so i'm going to jump in here and <laughs> I'll, I'll do this uh, her show's killing it at the Fringe. Thank you. She's absolutely smashing it. Like, th- like all the reviewers are loving her show. She every now and again at the Fringe, and I know this. There is always uh, one or two Americans who come here, and the UK do not know them, and they kill it here. We've had people like uh, Alex Edelman, mm-hmm. as was one who came here, killed yep. it. Uh, Janine Haruni mm-hmm. killed it. Catherine Cohen. Killed it, came here. Uh, oh, Natalie Palomides yep, yep. came here. I'm naming literally all winners of the <laughs> main awards. But they, they all come here, kill it, and then they end up just being a part of... I mean, most of them end up moving to London uh, and going back and forth, and they, they absolutely smash it. And I honestly feel like you are, if you wanted to be, of course, one of those comedians that could be in the UK and be a UK fixture as well as a fixture back I home. I love that. <laughs> You're having an absolutely amazing fringe. What uh, what sort of stuff do you want to plug? Um, wow. Well, yeah, please come see me if I'm on tour near you or if you're at the fringe. Uh, I directed, uh, wrote and directed and acted in a segment of this pro-choice anthology called Give Me an A. Ooh. That's on Amazon and iTunes or whatever right now, wherever you get your movies. I like how you really um, downplayed that. <laughs> oh, it's on uh, Amazon, iTunes, I don't know. You really. know the bit, Wherever you get your movies from, just the yeah. two biggest. <laughs> and, and then I also made a, a web series during COVID that I'm quite proud of, even though it's uh, right. and that's at Passover.gay. Passover dot what? Passover dot gay. Passover dot gay, okay. Yep, you can find that. I like that. And then I'm on, you know, TikTok, Instagram. TikTok, yeah. At uh, Avital Ash. At Avital Ash. Uh, YouTube as well? 
Yes, but I'm not killing it on YouTube. I haven't quite figured it out. Uh, yeah, I think I'm the real Avi Talash because I think I accidentally lost the password to just <laughs> Avi Talash. You lost the original. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, do uh, do follow Avi Talash on all the socials. It's very funny. She posts lots of clips, and um, yeah, she really lets you into her life, and she's such a unique person. Oh. Do give her a follow, and if you are listening to this at the French. Go see her at the Fringe. Please. But also, I predict I predict you'll be doing some sort of a London Soho Theatre run. I predict it already. I know these things happen. I, I, I'm just putting it out there. I predict you will. Your so, mouth yeah. to her ears. You know? <laughs> Thank you so much for doing Thank the you part. so much for having Cheers, me. Cheers, Bab. Bye. Shame is delicious. Shame is delicious. Making bad decisions. 